Hi, I'm Mike Bruno, and uh, we are here today on the Boyk Brief, and we're pleased to welcome Neil Newcomb, who's the Executive Vice President and General Manager of our Toledo Walleye Hockey Team. Welcome, Neil. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate well, it. We, uh, we feel this is very timely because uh, we have a first place hockey team and uh, they're looking at the uh, Kelly Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so there's a buzz going on, not just downtown, but throughout Northwest Ohio. Tell us a little bit about this year's team and hopes and dreams and expectations. Absolutely, yes. Um, it, you're right on. Uh, playoffs will start this Friday. Uh, first two home games are Friday night and Saturday night, so that's the 22nd and 23rd. But uh, obviously, a, a culmination of the um, of the season that we just the regular season that we just had and ended. Uh, what a gr what a great year for uh, for the walleye. You know, if you haven't been back down to uh, Huntington Center yet for whatever reasons, uh, you know, coming out of the the pandemic, uh, you know, there was a little bit of some, maybe some apprehension as to how our community would respond to that. Uh, would we see the influx of fans coming back to the arena? And they have shown up in, in droves. Uh, when we've used that moniker back at full strength this year, they, they truly are. They, they've been back at full strength. The fan base, the region, the community, everybody's been behind the walleye all season long. Uh, I pinch myself to, to realize and, and, and see the, uh, the response that we've seen. So, uh, definitely has an effect. I think. Um, I think if you ask any coach and you ask any player associated with the team, uh, they love the support. They love the fan base that comes out, and uh, led them to a great regular season. And uh, that recognizes really the the best team during the regular season. In this in this case this year, based on upon winning percentage. So. Uh, the team had a great season. We're hoping it's going to continue throughout the Kelly Cup playoffs. Uh, again, those start this weekend. And uh, if all goes as well and, and as the way we would hope, we're going to be hoisting a Kelly Cup championship, uh, hopefully come by mid-June. Well, you know, Toledo's crazy for hockey. I mean, historically, that's been true. But when you give us a winner and you look at that fan base, I read somewhere that you averaged over 7,300 per night in attendance this year? Yes. This this past season, just a shade over 7,300, as you referenced. The previous year before um, pandemic, we were um, we were up over a little over 7,400. So we didn't really miss a beat, Mike. I mean, it's been, it's been great. And when you talk about uh, an arena whose capacity in terms of seating is 7,431, you can figure out the math. We're, we're pretty much playing at nearly full capacity almost on every night. Yeah. I, I saw that the Oakland A's had less than 4,000 the other night. <laughs> Their game, a major league baseball team. So comparisons, I think, are important for a small market like we are. Uh, it just shows you that your team is really supported by this community. That's great. The Kelly Cup. I read also that you're going to be playing seven game series like a sweet 16 format but seven game series yeah the playoffs are are functioned and, and set up in a way very similar i mean to the nhl where you play a best of seven series so it is four rounds 
um, a four-round series, so you have to win four rounds to uh, to get the uh, Kelly Cup in that regard. So the first two rounds are in division. So hence, uh, you know, this weekend or this first round, we will play Cincinnati, who's in our division. And then the second round, we'll play, knock on wood, we continue to advance to the second round. We would end up playing the winner between Fort Wayne and then Wheeling. And um, and if you're a hockey fan in Toledo, you know the long history uh, and the rivalry between Toledo and Fort Wayne that we always look forward to. So the first two rounds in division, and then we get out of the um, – out of our division when you come to the uh, third round in an impossible Kelly Cup. Yeah, and the Comets are defending champs, right? They are the defending champs, and and based on you know perhaps the fan you talk to, they might put an asterisk next to the uh, to the defending champs only because uh, they didn't necessarily play the same amount of games in the schedule that uh, you know some of the other clubs played last year who did play during the pandemic. I see. Uh, so you know, end of the day, though, you know, regardless of how you look at it. You got to give them credit. They they played. They won the games they needed to win. Um, they played the cards that were dealt to them, and and they did it, and they won. So in that regards, they are the Kelly Cup champions from last year. Yeah. Wouldn't it be sweet though to knock them off in the second round? I... It's always sweet. You know, we we've uh, we've always had a um, kind of a bittersweet relationship uh, on the hockey side with Fort Wayne, but uh, you know the folks over there who operate and run the team, they they've been doing it for seventy years. They they've. They have a long history there in Fort Wayne with hockey. They do a great job over there. They draw great crowds. Uh, you know, a lot of their fan base is probably very similar and rabid about the Comets, just as ours are with the walleye. So you can't fault them for what they've been able to do and succeed over the years, but it is nice to be able to, to win those games against Fort Wayne. There's no doubt about that. So I saw that the rosters are all set for the playoffs and uh, some interesting um aspects of the roster you can protect players that really aren't even on the team right now that may be playing in the american hockey league but could be available throughout the playoffs is did i read that right yes you did mike uh, basically uh you know the players that you might be referencing um trying to, off the top of my head like a josh dickinson uh, a marcus vela uh, a blake hillman those are guys that ultimately uh started their seasons here in Toledo. So they were under a Toledo walleye contract uh, based upon, you know, their ability, uh, there's no doubt about that. And then also based upon maybe some luck here and there relative to the COVID and protocols that the AHL and the ECHL have had to deal with this year, probably opened the doors for, for uh, some players across the whole league to be able to play up at the next level. But, uh, but at the end of the day, those guys have also have the skill to play at that level. And um, so, Yes, the, the, to answer your question, at the end of the season, when the AHL ends or those respective teams end their season, uh, those players are still, quote unquote, our property when it comes to the ECHL. So those guys do have the opportunity, if they so elect, to want to come back to uh, play in Toledo. I, I can tell you the feedback I hear from Coach Watson and, and other coaches with the, with the walleye, there's a lot of those guys that uh, are eager to want to come back to Toledo. They're eager uh, kind of based upon what we just said, the fan base here and the support, they love playing in front of crowds that, you know, when you're talking about capacity crowds almost day in and day out, uh, they, they want to be a part of that environment. Sure. Well, I'm going to throw some names out at you and you can describe uh, TJ Hensick, our captain. What kind of player is TJ? He he is, um, well, number one, he's, he's a true professional. You know, I mean, here's a guy that, uh, 
you know, he, uh, depending on how you look at it, I mean, he, he, he made it to the highest level, you know, the National Hockey League. There's no other higher level of, of pro hockey in the, in the world. So to be able to make it that far and, you know, he played 112 games at that level, um, that definitely, you know, in my mind shows you that uh, he, is a, he is a professional um, to be able to get to that level. He's just a, a good person, a family type of guy. Uh, you love seeing him at the rink where, uh, you know, he brings his kids. Uh, his one son in particular who, who comes out on the ice with him at times and skates with him and um, just, you know, I, he, one of those guys, he's doing it for the love of the game, to be honest with you, too. Like, I mean, it's one of those. Nobody at the ECHL level is, is uh, earning the dollars to all of a sudden become a, you know, retire from, you know, I didn't retire from playing ECHL hockey. You know, I, <laughs> if they retired, it's because they got to a certain age, not because they got to a certain financial level uh, of playing in this league. This, this league is, is not about that. You know, they're truly playing a, a guy like TJ Hensick. Now, on the flip side, you got a guy who might be completely opposite in terms of his age who is playing to develop his skills and to be able to hopefully get to that next level. TJ already has the skills. He's playing and continues to play. And I think if you asked him, he wanted to play at least another season. So his son got a chance to watch him play too. And at that age, you know, his son probably doesn't even realize if it's a difference between the NHL, the ECHL, or whatever league it is. All he knows is his dad's out there wearing a walleye jersey and playing hockey, and that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, we've got one of the top defensemen, Randy Gazzola. Randy's been great. You know, he's just another classy guy. Um, you know, he ended up in Fort Wayne last year, speaking of the comments. Mm-hmm. You know, when we chose uh, not to play because of the restrictions that were put upon us, uh, you know, and really the arena in terms of attendance, um, you know, Dan Watson wanted to give every guy on that roster an opportunity and wanted to help those guys to be able to go find another place to play last season. So as much as it pained us to necessarily see Randy go to Fort Wayne and then celebrate with the Kelly Cup, as we just mentioned, um, it was a good, it was a right thing. You know, it was a right thing to be able to help him uh, continue to play and develop as a player. So uh, he played there last year. He wanted to come back to Toledo, you know, when the season was going to, you know, we knew we were going to play. Uh, same with Brandon Hawkins, who uh, uh, has had a lights out season this year. But uh, but Randy, just a really good guy. Second team, all ECHL this year. Uh, very solid season for us and just uh, overall just a good person. And we've got uh, Billy Christopoulos in the net. Boy, he he's been lights out, hasn't he? I mean, last year, uh, you know, all rookie team, just had a wonderful season in, in the goal, and then uh, to be able to have him come back uh, and be with us um, majority of the season. You know, he's gotten a, he's gotten a cup of coffee a few times to go play up at the AHL level, um, and then luckily for us, maybe not for him as much, but luckily for us, he was able to. We were able to have him come back to Toledo, uh, but just a good person. Uh, if you don't know his background, you know, he was a, a student at the Air Force Academy and uh, has the military background um, and just just a good person. But we're, we're so lucky to have him and, and have him back and here for the playoffs. And uh, uh, just definitely, I think the guys in front of him love to play for him. Uh, you know, you look at the goalies, almost similar to like that quarterback. And, uh, you know, so he's very, obviously a very, very important position on the ice and, uh, and guys love playing with him. And Dan Watson, how would you describe his coaching style? Dan is, um, you know, I, I reflect on Dan for a moment and, 
you know, he's been around Toledo hockey going back to the storm days. You know, people tend to forget he was a player at one point too. And, um, but Dan is um, very meticulous, I believe, is a good word to describe him. He, he's a student of the game. He, uh, he obviously loves the game of hockey. Uh, he studies it. He's great with the video. Um, he's a, I think I would, I would look at him as a, as a player's coach. Um, you know, he played the game, but he's very respectful of the players and understands you know, things that they need and the balance in their life as well. This gets to be a very long grinding season. I mean, I think sometimes people forget or they don't maybe remember. I mean, the hockey season started back in October and there's a potential that you could play all the way through mid-June. So I understand it's not uh, the, you know, the rigmarole of, say, Major League Baseball where you're playing day in and day out. But at the same time, you're playing it's – a, it's, a, it's a lengthy amount of time. And, and then when you look at our schedule – um, you know, I mean, you might be playing games or you're playing three games in four days. You might be playing four games in five days. And, you know, the, the sport of hockey is just not it, – it's not an easy sport. You know, it's a very physical sport. And, uh, you know, I always joke and laugh about how I uh, – there's days I feel like I can't even walk straight, you know, and, and these guys are out there skating forwards and backwards and getting slammed into the, you know, dasher boards and everything else that happens. It's very physical, and and these guys get a wear and tear on them throughout the season. But Dan does a great job of balancing that and understanding their needs. But uh, he he's been lights out. I mean, we've been so fortunate, so happy uh, to have him here in Toledo. So, how would you describe the Huntington Center or the Bank Tank, as it is sometimes called, as compared to some of the other arenas around the league? You know, uh, <clears throat> from a from that perspective. Um, I would, I would put the Huntington center right up there towards the top, if not at the top, um, uh, great venue opened in 2009. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's top notch. I mean, you, you know, players love it. Uh, the amenities for the players is, is wonderful. Um, I mean, I could talk all day about the fan base, but in, in terms of being able to come and, and watch a game and enjoy a game, uh, you know, there's a lot of allegiance that a lot of folks uh, and fans of ours uh, had to the sports arena. And uh, and I understand, I, you know, when I was in college, I actually spent uh, an entire season there as an intern at the sports arena. Uh, it was a great place to watch a game, mind you. Uh, but at the same time, um, the amenities weren't there. Uh, you know, on any given night when you might have a few thousand or five thousand people at a game, um, you know, that need to want to go eat or drink or, or go to the bathroom or whatever, it could be tough to get around. And, uh, you know, when we built the Huntington Center, uh, you know, that was key to, to be sure that, you know, in a modern building, you had the modern amenities. And uh, it, it's great. And I think uh, I think people around the league notice it. Um, I've had peers of mine who will come to Toledo because they want to see that walleye experience. They want to see the Huntington Center. They, wanna, they just want to take it all in. And uh, I, I think one of my, my favorite um, – comments that were ever made to me is that we had a, uh, one of my colleagues from another team who came in and were walking the concourse. And, you know, sometimes I think we take it for granted, but I'm walking the concourse and these fans are just walking around and they're just so into the game. And he just leans into me. He goes, Neil, he goes, this is absolutely bizarre. He goes, this is crazy to me. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, everybody is walking around with like a walleye jersey or <laughs> a walleye shirt or something with what he goes 
you see this at NHL venues. You don't see this at our venues. And it's like, you know, you kind of like, well, I, I guess I take it for granted because this is what I see every night, you know, and, and how those fans just really get into it and, and support the club. Yeah, it's like uh, we've won the trifecta this year. We've got the fans, we got the team, and we've got the arena. And so um, we're expecting some big things. Uh, the organization has been recognized recently. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was um, – so what's what's great about that award, we just got designated – it was the um, – uh, forgive me, I'm probably butchering it here. It was the, uh, the Hockey Operations Department of the Year Award. And so that is a little bit kind of a different uh, award. Uh, this is the first time they've actually uh, recognized a club. In that sense, it's all about, Mike, rep uh, recognizing the operations, the hockey operations, meaning not just the locker room, but everything kind of around the locker room. You know, there, there's a whole other group of folks down there beyond just Dan Watson and his uh, coaching staff. There's a whole support team down there. There's um, – it would be too long to name everybody, but, you know, the strength and conditioning coach, the equipment manager, to the team doctor, to a team psychologist, uh, our uh, mas massage therapist, a chiropractor. There, there, There's a lot of people down there. It's like its own little city where – you know, you have this population of people that really kind of make it happen. And that was an award that just got designated to the club, which really what makes that award even nice, too, because that is voted upon by coaches around the league. So when you, you when you're Dan Watson and you look at, you know, that recognition for not just your locker room in terms of your staff, but the rest of everybody else who puts it together, and being recognized by your peers and coaches, that, that, that's, that really is meaningful, I think. It's not just, you know, anybody. It's, it's the other coaches who see that when they come to Toledo. Um, but at the same time, we've also been recognized uh, a number of times now as the, uh, as the uh, you know, really kind of the overall award for the uh, award of excellence is what the league calls it. That award will not get designated yet this year. It will be probably, uh, probably more in June. But we had won that award, I think, five out of the last nine years. And that really recognizes the front office and the efforts that the organization is, makes. And, and that's a testament to everybody that's in the front office uh, that really gives their heart and soul to the, to the team, the experience, and to, um, to, the front, to our fan base and everybody else of that nature. But hopefully we'll win that award, too. So we'll have to wait there for a little bit before that's announced. And I know you've gotten some recognition over the years, too, individually. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I um, well, I'm, I'm. I guess I can say I'm a native of Toledo. I've been here since '84, and uh, you know, went to school here, and then basically uh, always had an interest in wanting to work in sports, and got to a point where um, when I was in college, my my last opportunity to kind of do an internship or volunteer my time, however you want to look at it, was with the the, the Mud Hens, the baseball time, uh, side of uh, of what we do. And uh, started there in 93, um, not necessarily the script I, uh, I would have expected, Mike, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I think minor league sports back in those days, I think, was always viewed as kind of a, uh, a stepping stone to perhaps the major league level or to that next level up. And, um, you know, I, I was out there for a while, uh, you know, right during that time in the late 90s, early 2000s, when... Um, there was this big influx of, of new ballparks being built across the country, and we were seeing the success they were having in individual markets. 
And that's when, you know, conversations were starting about fifth, third field. And, um, and, you know, us being involved in that. And for me, it was like, I saw, like I said, seeing the success other in other markets. And I was like, I got to be a part of this. You know, I, I, lo- I love to be a part of it. And, uh, and did that. And, you know, was part of that team that helped uh, build fifth, third field and, and get that open. And then, um, and then that was in 2002. And then probably, you know, maybe six, seven years later, I started getting an idea. So maybe it's time to go do something else. And then that's when the conversation went to about building uh, a new arena and um, and maybe bringing hockey to downtown. So uh, all that being said, I was like, well, I got to be a part of that too, right? I mean, how many people get to be a part of a new ballpark and a new arena? Um, probably not very many. And uh, and it was great, you know, was be able to be a part of that process and then help bring hockey back. You know, went on hiatus for a couple years where it was dark and we were able to bring it back in 09. Um, some lean years, um, quite honestly, those first few years, we, um, you know, I think we were trying to get our feet underneath us and understand the game and, 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 uh, just the experience of hockey and everything else. And, you know, Nick Vitusi at the time, who was, uh, previously was a storm head coach and a ECHL hall of fame goalie. Um, you know, he was, he helped, uh, kind of bridge that gap between sports arena and Huntington center. And then, um, then we brought in Derek Lalone, who's now with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and Derek really, uh, you got to give him credit. He, he was really the person, I think, that really started to change that culture in the locker room. And, um, and ever since that time, it's, it's really been lights out. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I don't take it for granted at all. Uh, it's just great uh, to be able to go to this Huntington Center and uh and just see the uh the support of the club and uh um it's it's been a lot of fun again not necessarily the script i would have written or thought i would have written back in the day but uh, no regrets it's been a lot of fun yeah well you're doing great things and we really are proud of of the product that's being put on the on the ice this year um can you get tickets for friday's game still or is it sold out yeah, actually, that's a great question. Um, you know, we are looking at probably making a run to sell out Friday and Saturday, uh, which is oof, goes back again to the support. I mean, very seldom do you see that happen in the first round of the ECHL playoffs. So to answer your question, there are tickets available still for Friday. Saturday, there are still as of now. But uh, if you've watched Saturday night games for the last three to four seasons in, in which we actually played hockey, um, without a pandemic, every Saturday night game is sold out for, I think it's been like at least the last four seasons. So if that's any, in any indication, Saturday could end up selling out, but I think there's a chance we could sell out both. Yeah. And then the series shifts to Cincinnati for the next couple of games. Yeah. The next two then after that are definitely in Cincinnati, a game five would be in Cincinnati if need to play. And then game six and seven, if necessary, it would be back in Toledo. Okay. Well, uh, I have a favor to ask of you. Uh, I'm hoping there are a couple of roster spots still open uh, for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Because I have a couple candidates, and you might want to talk to Coach Watson. Uh, but, uh, Greg, if you could uh, help us out. Here they are. Oh. I've got a couple grandsons who uh, – Nice. <laughs> the one on the left. The one on the left is four years old, 45 pounds, dripping wet. And the one on the right is six years old, and he's playing for the Muskies up there in, in Gross Point. That's so, awesome. Uh, That's hopefully, awesome. 
hopefully you can find some spots on the roster, even if they're at the very end of the bench. I understand you got to learn, but uh, these Bruno boys are tough little kids. Okay. Well, Mike, I, I, I for a moment I thought you were trying to petition for yourself, and I was like, well, you're going old school with the no helmet look <laughs> and everything else. I, I don't know if the league would allow you to play, but uh, you know what? Those those two youngsters there, they look like they're ready to go though. They the one there, he was all in his hockey stance. He's ready to play. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I gotta deliver the the younger one up there for five thirty practice. We're keeping them down our way for a few days this week. But uh, well, I hope I hope you'll find uh, there's an opportunity maybe in the schedule somewhere during the playoffs that you might be able to come out and, and maybe they can maybe they can be with you and come out and enjoy a game. Yeah, they've already been to the Red Wings up their way, so uh, nice. They're they're enjoying professional hockey as well as the amateur. Hey, Neil, I thank you for your time. Uh, Again, great job you're doing with the walleye, and best of luck for you in the playoffs. Mike, thank you. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me on today. Very, Very much appreciated. Thank you so much.